0: That's right. It's the Coffin Corners podcast with news plucked from the football headlines. I'm Big Tom McClain. With me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Nathan Sprague. How are you doing, Nathan?
1: Well, I think, I I don't know. It seems weird to me. What, What does it mean when IG only IG models and AI follow you? Does that mean the algorithm finds you hot, attractive, or gullible? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, you know, I'm gonna say a combination of the three.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Well, welcome to all of you listeners of Coffin Corners, and welcome to the Profasual podcast of Coffin Corners.
0: That's right, and we had an interesting weekend, um, as I mentioned on our uh, previous podcast that I do with um, with Carlos Alazraki. I mentioned the 49ers in the spirit of John Witherspoon. They took the lead in the division on their day off. I don't know how that (laughs) happens, but somehow everybody in the division lost and the 49ers went from second to first on their day off. So the best week they've had in four weeks.
1: Yeah, it's also kind of interesting. I, I bet you really enjoy watching some of the highlights of that Seahawks and Baltimore Ravens game. Oh, yeah, 37 to free. Ouch.
0: That was a smashing man. It's when that happens, it's so hard to believe. I mean that I mean the Cincinnati San Francisco game was similar to that where it was just kind of hard to believe what we were watching, you know?
1: Yeah, especially with some people expecting maybe the Seahawks being potential playoff team as well.
0: Yeah, I didn't see the Seahawks as a easy win circled on the schedule. The 49ers still have to face them twice. Seahawks is a team that everybody has to gear up for, and apparently the Ravens got a little too geared up.
1: For all you people that just want to catch up on uh, what the heck is going on with the playoffs picture right now well with the AFC it's very simple Kansas City Chiefs two Florida teams Jaguars Miami Dolphins and the AFC North no literally the whole entire AFC North division
0: they're all in it still huh yes wow by the way Jacksonville is the next destination for San Francisco coming out of the bye Jacksonville for the early game on Sunday san francisco versus jacksonville the chance for nick bosa and mr chase young to to work together and see what happens and maybe a little randy gregory in the mix he he was very uh, formative in his first game um as a 49er but hasn't done much in the last two games so it'll be interesting to see you know if they're able to really get those guys all dialed in what a lot of weapons so um, hopefully, Jacksonville will have one more loss come Sunday afternoon.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting, especially between the defensive line of the San Francisco 49ers and how Trevor Lawrence will be able to handle that pressure.
0: He's a mobile quarterback, but being mobile and being under that kind of pressure the entire time, is not an easy task. It's not an easy task to hold up for an entire game.
1: And also makes it difficult because Chase Young is now new to the 49ers, and now they've got to catch up on tape. It's like, wait a minute, he's on the team now? Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) It reminds me of Fear Factor when they'd be eating stuff. And you'd go, there's no way it could get worse. Oh, yeah, it could get worse. (laughs) That's kind of what the 49ers are doing there with their their defensive line. It'd be nice if they'd get a defensive back to kind of, like, protect that other side of it. But it is what it is.
1: Who knows? Maybe for the upcoming NFL draft, maybe keep an eye on a couple of Hawkeye players. And maybe you can add that. It kind of has worked out for you quite a bit.
0: Why not Why not have an entire defense made out of Ohio State players? <laughs> they seem to work out, right?
1: Or Iowa Hawkeyes. I mean, you can't go wrong with either. There you go. A little bit of both, maybe. Yeah, if you find a way to get Cooper DeGene in there, too. Gosh.
0: So how did Iowa do over the weekend?
1: Well, let's just say this. I think both Iowa and Northwestern took the assignment literally while they were playing at Wrigley Field on a baseball field. Uh-oh. A lot of errors? Uh, no, not really. I was really surprised how well Deacon Hill actually played. Uh, he has been improving, but still, we need a whole lot more help on the offense front. But we still got the victory. Uh, you know, we, we relied on our defense, especially our defense had a key goal line stand, which everybody was happy about, and then was like, oh, yeah, we have our Iowa offense Oh, wow. We got to get out of there. <laughs> you can't just on Torrey Taylor, the punt. But I have to say, it was a, it was a lot more interesting to watch uh, the groundskeeping crew trying to keep the field intact, especially the one-yard line, because they got in such a scuffle that some parts of the field went off. And so they tried to keep it in good condition. Keep it in great condition, not just good, but great condition. That was a lot more entertaining than watching was offense.
0: Watching them try to surgically repair the field was more exciting than the offense.
1: That's that's a rough day. Well, we got a touchdown pass. And Drew Stevens kicked a game-winning 52-yard field goal. Wow, that's a big leg for college. Yeah, 52-yarder, and we ended up winning... And I was getting nervous because it looked like Minnesota was going to win their game. And so Minnesota would be on top of the Big Ten West. But, turns out, the team that they faced against found a way to come back and beat Minnesota. So now Iowa is all alone for the time being on top of the Big Ten West. But unfortunately, the college football playoff committee, for some strange reason, have us ranked 22. And we're thinking... James Madison deserves to be ranked a lot more than us.
0: That's crazy.
1: You know what's even crazier, Tom? What's that? Remember that first episode that I gave you, that shovel pass, and I talked about how a lot of these defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators and coaches needed to be fired? Well, guess what? Another one bites the dust. Oh, really? Yes, that is right. It is Mr. Grinch himself. The defensive coordinator of USC, Lincoln Riley, let go. And just in time for the Grinch to want to steal Christmas again. Thank you, Mr. Riley. Which, to be honest, it's kind of scary because cause I said all these, nearly all of them have been let go. Josh McDaniels, gone. Brian Ferencz's offensive coordinator will be gone next season. The defensive coordinator of USC gone now. All is left is the LSU's defensive coordinator, and I think he's on the hot seat right now, especially letting Alabama find a way to get back in the game and and being LSU at this point. It is getting close to being flaming hot, but not like the Cheetos, but something else more flaming hot than flaming hot Cheetos.
0: Something a little less pleasant than. Flaming Hot Cheetos. I don't like how much I have to wash my hands after the the Flaming Hot Cheetos.
1: I know. I, I don't really enjoy that either. I mean, it, it tastes it tastes great, but then you have to just have to wash your hands afterwards. You're just, oh, I don't want to get that on my phone. I don't want to get that on anything.
0: Yeah, you can't touch your eye for a week. you got to let it work its way out of your pores before you can actually touch anything. Speaking Ooh. of defensive coordinators, the 49ers defensive coordinator is going to come down from the booth uh, there was a call for him to come down and, and join the sidelines so he's going to be joining the sidelines coach Wilkes will um, coming up this weekend and we'll see if that makes any kind of a difference I think what the 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 people who are calling for him to join the sideline want a coach who's like a rah-rah cheerleader guy and that's just not really what he is I, I don't know if you've ever seen a clip on him he kind of sits there seems a little uninspired and I don't know that that's going to help a lot so you know, maybe he needs like an assistant defensive coordinator who's like super fired up and can, you know, get everybody all excited or whatever. But that's the news coming out of San Francisco with that. And, and as far as um, injuries, Debo Samuel's back. Uh, most of the gang is back, with the exception of possibly Trent Williams, which, as you probably realize, is the most important of the 49ers' injuries. Uh, the left tackle, so important, but um, it, it, it's something sticky. He's just. He's just not back yet. So hopefully um, something turns around and we're able to see him on Sunday. But right now, it's not looking great.
1: My Colts actually won a game while we have been doing the podcast. So I'm I'm kind of happy about that. That's and exciting. especially with, I think his name is Kelleny e, Kellen e Moore. I knew I we called him Kellen Moore, to be honest. But it's Kelleny e Moore. He had two interceptions and two touchdowns, which means I think both of those became Pick sixes, nice. Which really helped out. Also, it kind of helps that Bryce Young throwing three interceptions. That also helps out as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, it helps for Bryce Young to throw two interceptions or two touchdowns to your team. Well, I'm glad that what? they came out on top, even if the defense had to get it done.
1: Yeah, it kind of reminds me pretty much of Iowa. You know, when the offense doesn't step up. I mean, Gardner Minshew didn't have too bad of a game. Uh, that I that I remember watching from the highlights. It didn't look. Too bad of a game. Also a shout out to the unsung heroes of sports video editors, especially for football. My goodness, thank you for that way we could watch something we can watch something for 15 minutes instead of having to watch a whole entire hour and a half to two hours just to get the gist of a game. So thank you. We really do appreciate all of you video editors out there. Yeah, absolutely cuz that's
0: a lot of footage to go over and picking out what's important, that's uh that's a skill set, that's for sure. Colts famously brought Philip Rivers out of retirement to become their quarterback. And this week we had a couple of guys who kind of came out of retirement to rejoin the NFL. Uh I'm sure you heard the news they're coming out of out of LA here locally. The the Rams uh, signing a veteran quarterback. Did you hear about their big pickup, Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz, that's right. Carson Wentz has been out of football a little bit, right? How, how, was he was he active last year?
1: Uh, I think he was playing for the for the Commanders, the Washington Commanders.
0: Oh, was he? Okay, well there we go. Well now he's back in football and. You know, not necessarily a terrifying presence, but uh, apparently better than um, what was the kid's name that they just they just let let that other kid go that they had starting.
1: I haven't really been paying attention to LA Rams football.
0: <laughs> good? You know what's good good about that is not many people are, <laughs> not even Rams fans. They don't go to the games. But yeah, they had uh, they had that young quarterback who wasn't doing so great, and they let him go, and now uh, Carson Wentz is set to take the helm of the rams and see if he can maybe save that season and you know the rams could possibly find a way their way into the playoffs. you know this isn't exactly a tough division so you know we'll see what happens i mean they have the 49ers and the seahawks
1: that is, that can be tough
0: yeah i, I mean guess, i guess that's true
1: but they've said the, the cardinals they, they don't have to worry about to be honest
0: yeah cardinals <laughs> that's a couple of wins but, yeah, you're right. Anytime you've got them divisional, though, you never really know. I mean, the 49ers, they've had the Rams number for quite a while now, especially in the in the regular season. But, um, you know, those Seahawks games, man, even when one team's significantly better than the other, they find a way to split. And they always had that with the Cardinals. Not not recent years, but it used to be like in the Joe Montana era, they always split games with the Cardinals. And you're like, how can Neil Lomax steal one from you, Joe? You know, it's like a weird thing. It's almost like playing down to the level of your opponent or something.
1: Speaking of the playoffs, I've been noticing on social media lately with some pages, pages on Instagram, as in NFL Mike, I do believe that's his name, and Sports Grid TV. They found something interesting, which should lead to the segment of Sports Dishes. Sports
0: Man, I like that. You caught me off guard with that. So,
1: as I said before, I saw an Instagram for on NFL Mike, and it has me thinking, and even the possibility, that the key to picking who would be in the big game was in plain sight and might be scripting a similar season, but on a different team. Remember, before the playoffs, that led the big game 52. A Eagles quarterback, we already have said his name before, was looking promising and even have an NFL MVP season. That's right. Carson Wentz of the Philadelphia Eagles, then an ACL season ending injury. Nick Foles came in, had to step up and end up not just ruining the Vikings from the chance of being the first team to play the big game in their own stadium, but beat Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. But look at the Vikings' season right now. A season-ending injury with Kirk Cousins, and now with Josh Dobbs at QB, off to a 2-0 start with him as the starting QB. Now, NFL Mike on Instagram had a video showing the past Super Bowl logos. He pointed, he talked about Super Bowl 55 with the barrier, but I didn't really want to get to Super Bowl 56. The logo had colors of orange and yellow, and those teams were Cincinnati, ended up being Cincinnati Bengals and the L.A. Rams. Super Bowl 57 that took place in Arizona, it was really weird to see the colors of green. understood the red in the logo, but it ended up being who played the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. And states the Super Bowl 58 logo has the colors of red and purple. And thinks it will be a rematch of Baltimore Ravens versus the San Francisco 49ers. Because last time Baltimore played in the Super Bowl, the logo that year had purple in the logo. Which also could mean either the Chiefs will face the Vikings and be back-to-back Super Bowl champions... Or the 49ers face the Baltimore Ravens and get their sixth and hand the Ravens their first Super Bowl loss. But let me get to truly my sports dishes that I want to point out. I'm going to throw a shovel pass hard. You will feel it in your bread basket. Now, if you haven't noticed in the pro major sports in the NBA, Denver Nuggets won their first in franchise history. NHL, the Vegas Golden Knights won their first in their franchise history and kind of have a similar story in less than five years of existence similar to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And now, the Texas Rangers won their first World Series. Now, we look at the colors of red and purple in the Super Bowl logo and match that trend. Now think, what is a team that you wouldn't expect but at the same time could find a way to make a run in the playoffs and never won the big game. Now, you're saying the Arizona Cardinals, right? In the NFC West? Nope. But what is a division that seems as long as they win their division, will end up making the playoffs no matter how lousy a record? The NFC South. Now I'm thinking, okay, what teams have read? The Buccaneers. But oh, wait a minute. They have already won it a couple times, right? You think, well, that's got to be it. Unless somehow the Houston Texans or the Tennessee Titans, right? Find a way? But wait a minute. You think, well, that's got to be it, right, for the Tennessee South? Well, as Glee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. There is one other team that is red. Everyone might laugh at me for saying this. And forget about spoiled milk, but will age as cottage cheese. But bear with me, folks. But what if it was the Atlanta Falcons? What if this is set up to be Atlanta Falcons versus Baltimore Ravens? We have a bird bull. You think I'm a bird brain. But hear me out. What team had some woe in their history? the Texas Rangers 2011 World Series game six one out and one strike away twice in the same game that put them to shame but they recently won the World Series that is known as the fall classic now the Falcons had that too but most importantly everybody knows it has made a meme about it 28 to 3, and the Rangers rangers appeared in their third world series and third time was the charm for them now if the falcons get to the super bowl this year it would be the third appearance they lost in their two other appearances against the broncos and the patriots but also keep in mind the colors that appear less in the super bowl logo the team that is associated with that color ends up winning it Personally, Tom, I thought that was a subtle way to let us know what color the Gatorade would be poured on at the end of the big game. (laughs) Now, if anyone says, what about the Houston Texans versus Minnesota Vikings? Or could we have the Bills versus the Vikings? Or Titans versus Vikings? Which I say, we shall see, my friend.
0: I still like the San Francisco-Baltimore rematch. I'm going to go with that. That was your first assessment. That would be my preference would be for San Francisco to get another shot at Baltimore without the whole Harbaugh brothers sideline or, you know, side story, you know, with, uh, you know, I, I would love to see somebody cool like Purdy in against the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Also, you would have Lamar Jackson face against Brock Purdy.
0: God, that'd be a blast. Wouldn't that be fun? Wow, I like the way you broke that down, man. You got me thinking. I was like, "Oh man, you're on some stuff that I could never catch up with." <laughs> like being able to break down the the uh, you know the colors of the logo and all that. That's pretty amazing. I like that. And you know, the- don't thank
1: me. Think NFL Mike and Sports Grid TV. It had me thinking.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So it goes to show all these phantom calls and all that stuff. It's all part of a big giant conspiracy. So your team does not stand a chance unless... If you
1: don't have red or purple.
0: Oh, I wasn't even going to go that far. I was just going to say unless the NFL (laughs) allows it. (laughs) Hey,
1: let me tell you, Tom, if somehow they don't allow this to air, that means we're on to them.
0: Yeah, three weeks ago I would have said for sure it was 49ers, but now, man, oh, my goodness. We've got a lot of, uh, we've got a lot of fixing to do.
1: Well, it helps to have Chase Young, so maybe that might be the key.
0: Yeah, I think Chase Young's going to help out a lot. And again, Grand- Randy Gregory was great that first game after he signed with the Forty ers I was kind of worried about him being a locker room problem. Forty um, ers haven't won since he's been there. Not blaming him at all, obviously. But um, you know, he he had that one game where he, you know he saw a little bit of him, but. Haven't really seen it. Didn't see him in that, that Bengals loss, that's for sure. I would like to see more of Randy Gregory getting worked in there, too. You know, and uh, um, Javon Kenlaw should be completely healthy come this next week, too. So the defensive side, I think the 49ers are going to be okay. My biggest concern is that left, left tackle position because Trent Williams is just something else. And that's um, when you have that and you don't have to worry about that, uh, you forget how lucky you are to have that you know you, you have your your anchor of your offensive line when that person's gone it's oof, boy it's tough times for your quarterback it throws everything off balance
1: now I, I remember the last podcast uh, episode you you asked me about who I found is a more surprising team Detroit Lions or the or the Chicago Bears well I have to add a third option. It's the Houston Texans, especially with C.J. Stroud trying to prove that the buck does not end here for the Buckeyes NFL QB slump. Let me see. I think he had four or five touchdown passes, 470 passing yards, and I think that's a rookie record for a quarterback.
0: Well, thanks thanks to C.J. for listening to the podcast and letting him get fired up. I think we fired him up with you calling him out saying, hey, look, time to prove something for them Buckeyes.
1: Well, I mean, Ohio State, historically, when they transferred to the NFL, it hasn't worked out. So I was just stating facts.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's the truth.
1: I got to be careful. If I keep on talking that way, the Houston Texans is my final way to sneak in the playoffs. <laughs> and I don't want to be out responsible as an Indianapolis Colts fan of having the Houston Texans being the playoffs instead of the Indianapolis Colts.
0: Oh, could you imagine?
1: I I don't want to imagine, but it's a plausibility right now. Yeah, it is.
0: It'll be interesting to watch his story arc and see how he does and continues to play. It's fun when you have a young quarterback that's playing well. They're really exciting to watch. And you just, because you don't know, you see them in, in the beginning of their career and you just, you know, their career is still a canvas. You just don't know what they're going to end up doing. That's what's fun about Brock. And even seeing him in these challenging times, you know, you go, "Oh, is he going to be able to come back?" And of course, he's going to be able to come back. You know, just hopefully soon. Hopefully, he doesn't wait too long. <laughs> I look forward to seeing uh, more of C. It's CJ Stroud, right? CJ Stroud, yeah. Yeah, I've pulled a few of his cards out of packs, so maybe they'll be worth something sometime. I'll Have to keep an eye <laughs> on that. Let's keep an eye on that market, you know. How about, uh, do you have any human interest stories for us today?
1: Well, I originally had one, but ESPN beat me to the punch, and I won't be able to top that one, but I'll do the best I can. I found something uh, by the Des Moines Register, and I thought it was interesting because usually you never really think about, you know, volleyball. You, You never think of how tough of a sport that is, especially most of the time you have to play a best of five sets usually. But this team... Found a way to do something incredible. I think it's a high school too. Speaking of Iowa, our human interest story comes from Iowa. As the now, please do not laugh at this. I, this is the actual name of the school. Dyke New Hartford School Lays volleyball team went 50 and 0 and only lost one set. All season and won the 2A Iowa title, according to sources from the Des Moines Register.
0: Wow, that's dominance.
1: And that's pretty much all I have for a human interest story. <laughs> that's
0: dominance, though. Oh, winning five, 50, 50 games and only losing one set in the entire. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully they, they join the Olympic uh, women's volleyball team for the U.S., maybe even doing beach volleyball as well.
0: yeah beach volleyball is a blast that's i always liked watching the uh the olympic beach volleyball that was for some reason that felt really american when you watch the olympics certain sports feel really american beach volleyball is one of them the the figure skating feels really american at times there's just certain sports that just feel really american and makes them kind of fun so do you have any predictions for this coming week in football? Have you sat down and thought about any of that, or is it too early in the week for you?
1: Well, the interesting thing for the Indianapolis Colts, they're going to play in a different time zone against the New England Patriots. That's right. They will be playing in Deutschland. Oh. They'll be playing in Frankfurt, Germany. And the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins faced each other also in Germany this past week. And the Chiefs won 21-14. <clears> to <throat>
0: interesting tidbit about that game uh kansas city opted to play that game there because they didn't want a uh, tyree kill to get booed in kansas city so that oh. was that was why they chose that game to be played out there isn't that kind of cool
1: yeah that's nice of them to do that i i mean without him making that catch on third and 15 you wouldn't have one of those super bowls guys
0: that's right. Dude, Tyreek Hill, what an amazing athlete that guy is. They they should, you know, and who knows, maybe they wouldn't boo him, but I...
1: Th- they they didn't want to worry about it. Totally understandable.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and there'll be a time when he comes back and he'll be celebrated the way he deserves to be celebrated. That's, uh, you know, he's, he's a big part of their story. Whether he's, you know, even if he goes to six more teams before it's all said and done.
1: Hopefully you can win a couple of uh, Super Bowls for some teams that haven't won it.
0: That would be great. That would be great. So I encouraged uh, – so our buddy Carlos Aliz-Rocky is going to be in Las Vegas to attend the Raiders game this weekend. And I encouraged him to um, to apply for a job there with the Raiders. Raiders completely cleaning house. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they need a special teams coordinator or something. Who knows? You know, <laughs> <laughs> They're going through a lot of employees. It's so strange. So you
1: say so so you say you are a voice actor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright, good enough. <laughs> good I went for the past it. Good enough. You... Basic football knowledge and what makes you special. You can... uh, I, I voice Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. And also Denzel Cracker from The Fairly Odd Parents. Very God Parents!
0: You're our new special teams coordinator.
1: Like every other play, like he, he, they like, oh, that's his tick. <laughs> you know, he does a different voice.
0: Yeah, it's funny because you know Ronnie Bell, the rookie from uh, San Francisco, he's a wide receiver, pretty good, solid player. Uh, hasn't played a lot the last couple of weeks, but um, I got, I got because he did. You know, Carlos did the voice of the Taco Bell dog, and he's to say the Yucateco Taco Bell. So I have him saying, yo quiero Ronnie Bell, when <laughs> Ronnie Bell has a good game. <laughs> I don't, not that I have him doing it, but it was a, I was like, I brought it up one time. I was like, what about that Ronnie Bell? <laughs> no, I love it. It's so great. Yo quiero Ronnie Bell.
1: <laughs> there was a Sunday night football game as well. You know, speaking of special people, uh, the Buffalo Bills returned back to Cincinnati, For the first time since uh, that people have known as the Damar-Hamlin game.
0: Yeah, what a great story, too. Those cities kind of coming together. That's really neat.
1: The Cincinnati Bengals ended up being the Buffalo Bills, though, 24-18.
0: Yeah, but I think that it seems like the Buffalo Bills are really connected to that city now. Definitely the two coaches are a lot closer, and I think the players seem to be a lot closer. It's a really interesting thing, and I can't can't remember a time in sports where there was that kind of camaraderie that was built around um, something that happened on the field like that.
1: Well, also remember uh, when the Buffalo Bills finally made the playoffs and the Cincinnati Bengals beat a team, so that way... Uh, the Buffalo Bills fans, you know, made a connection with Andy Dalton. You know, they they donate money to Andy Dalton's, uh, like foundation or charity group that he was associated with.
0: Yeah, you know, you're right. I remember that.
1: So they kind of already had the camaraderie, but just this just makes it, you know, official. It, it's official. Cincinnati and Buffalo have this togetherness, camaraderie.
0: Yeah, never did we imagine that there would be that kind of a love affair between two NFL cities. There's got to be a 30 for 30 on this one, that's for sure.
1: Oh, definitely. There has to be a 30 for 30. And also the same thing with what's going on in the Big Ten. I don't know what the heck is going on. At first, it's Michigan, and then it's in Ohio, and then Purdue's like, oh, yeah, Ohio State gave us signals uh, for, for Michigan's offense. And uh, Rutgers gave us uh, the defense uh, before the Big Ten championship game. And it's like, what's next, Iowa? Iowa giving you special team signals?
0: What was your take on the whole Caleb Williams climbing up and crying in his mom's arms? How would you feel about that?
1: Uh, as much as you know I have bold guarded this, this guy, you know, you just got to leave him be. You know, if that was a hard-fought game, you just leave him be. You know, I, to be honest, after a type of game like that, or, you know, I, I probably would kind of cry a bit, you know, and I would want to go to my, to a parental figure or family members, you know, it was a hard fuck game and you gave it your all.
0: Yeah. I kind of feel like it humanized him a little bit because not all the press on him has been very um, endearing, I would say, you know? And, and so maybe it, maybe it did kind of humanize him a little bit and,
1: Maybe he did this on purpose so that way people would back off him. Who knows?
0: <laughs> I don't know if he's that. Maybe good Caleb Wells
1: is a lot more of a clever mastermind than we give him credit for.
0: <laughs> I don't know if he's that smart, but that's funny. <laughs> you know what that reminds me? I don't. Did you ever watch the the TV show Cheers? Yes, <laughs> it reminds me of when uh, when when Woody was running for city council and then realized that he didn't really know what he was doing and felt bad. So he decided to quit on TV and then his wife comes out and it's like, no, no, Woody, don't cry. It's okay. I'm proud of you. As a matter of fact, we're both proud of you. And that's like when she announces that she's pregnant. So then he just, of course, wins the, wins the election by a landslide. That's what it kind of reminds me of a little bit though. <laughs> <laughs> but good for That's him. That's
1: the later though. seasons of Cheers, right?
0: That oh, was the yeah.
1: later seasons of Cheers. Yeah. yeah,
0: that was like one of the last that was probably the last four episodes, one of the last three or four episodes. Yeah, that was that as that story was closing. And by the way, as as those kind of shows go, Cheers number 1 was my favorite sitcom of all time for a very long time. Probably still is. But um they wrapped it up well. I didn't like it in the immediate following I, I was disappointed, but then Looking back, they wrapped it up perfectly. So, good job, Cheers, if anybody's listening.
1: Well, you're hoping that Ted Danson would want to be a guest or something? <laughs> Come on, Tom.
0: Well, you never know. He's right up the road in Ohio. from what I understand. He lives right around the corner from us.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's on, yeah. You know, speaking of Ted Danson, uh, not to brag or anything, but there's, like, this, uh, you know, Libby, you know, they have, like, all the names of these donors and stuff, and... My name just so happens to be on the same line as Ted Danson.
0: Oh, nice. That's a cool fact.
1: I like that. Well, mostly my Gmod donated money, but she put it under our names, though. So, yeah, no pressure, right? Mary Steenburgen and Ted Danson. No pressure, right? Gosh.
0: (laughs) Well, now we have our first talking point if we can get them to join the show. And Mary Steenburgen's an amazing talent herself.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed her in a Back to the Future Free, to be honest. And also in Step Brothers as well. She it, she, she she had some great moments in, in Step Brothers.
0: <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, she's good in everything. She's she's a great comedic actress. I really like what she does.
1: I mean, she's such a delight. How could you not like her? I, I mean I mean she puts her all into pretty much every role that you have her in. Even if it's just one line, she puts her all in that one line.
0: Well hopefully a lot we, of
1: people are like wait a minute i don't remember this being a cheers podcast what's going on
0: <laughs> we that's how many left turns we took we so, we took so many left turns that we started out talking 49ers football and ended up talking about mary steam virgin that's how <laughs> that's how many left <laughs> turns we took <laughs> like wait a minute it seemed like everything was going okay. It went from 49ers to Iowa to. Uh, how do we how,
1: how do we get ourselves into this? Well, <laughs> well, let's get back to football. I just wanted to give a little bit of a tidbit. It's not to it. It's more of a kind of a humble brag kind of thing. Like, yeah, you know. Let's but hear it. Let's hear I'm it. Curi- I'm, I'm curious, Tom. You know, with. Uh, with the way that the playoffs have been, you know, set up, what would you do with the football or the college football playoff? How would you have it set up?
0: Ooh, I'm the wrong one to ask about the college football. I would like to see it be like at least a um, at least a three-game tournament to the championship. I would like to see there be a few teams that have their – have to work their ways in, you know? Um as far as determining who those teams are or how much further out those playoff bracket goes, I don't know. That's that that's for people who make a lot more money than I do. Um, I do still enjoy watching, you know, playoff football. Um, and I don't, I, you know, I enjoy it. I don't know that there has to be a whole ton of tweaks, but it, it would be fun to see an actual tournament making its way to the end. that that goes beyond just four teams, you know?
1: Would you like to hear what I would do?
0: I would love to hear what you'd want to do.
1: Okay. I've been pretty much, I've been saying this for quite a while, but I'll finally get to say on a podcast. So what I would do is, you know, we know that it's going to expand to 12 teams, but let's say for some peculiar reason, they're like, nah, we're good with four teams. Okay. So they're, so they're stubborn. They're like, nah, four teams is good. We, we don't need any more than that. So, I would have this. It would bring a mini March Madness to college football. Let me explain. So, have you noticed that a lot of the group of five teams, you know, those conferences, you know, like the Sun Belt and the Mac, and we all know the names of the other conferences, but they don't really get a chance I mean we got lucky that one time with Cincinnati and we know how that turned out. Now Alabama <laughs> only let them score field goals, no touchdowns in that. Mm-hmm. But what I would have is the best four group the best four group of five teams face each other in a mini playoff. Okay? And this would actually work with James Madison as well, because technically this is not under the NCAA. The NCAA is under the college football playoff. So this will give an opportunity even for those schools that are, you know, going from division to division one or, excuse me, FCS to FBS. So James Madison would be able to qualify. And obviously right now they would be the number one seed. And then you have Liberty. And then Fresno. And then you have Tulane and then Fresno State. So they would play each other. It would be one game. So they have their semifinal matchup. And then they would face each other for champion. As a champion. The winner of that group of five mini playoff would end up facing whoever is the number four team in the college football playoff. Now, in that case, let's say James Madison got there. Florida State dodges a bullet. Don't have to worry about James Madison because of the rules of the NCAA, unfortunately. But if it was any other team, Tulane facing against Florida State, Fresno State facing against Florida State, and Liberty facing against Florida State, and the winner of that game would end up being the four seed. And then you go with your usual college football playoff after that. That's what I would do.
0: I like it. I think that that's a very sensible and balanced plan. I can dig it. I changed my answer to the same as your answer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just, okay, you can look at my sheet. All right, I'll make sure. Same answer. That's not what I meant by similar, Tom. Well, is is there anything that you would like to add, Tom?
0: No, you know what. i've uh, I've done a lot of football talking today and um, and honestly haven't done a ton of research. the 49ers being off last week. I had I had my kids over here and was doing kind of like the um, the watching the red zone out of one eye and spending time with my kids with the other eye. That sounds really weird to say it that way, but I was my, my <laughs> d- attention was divided, I guess. This
1: guy is a dad, okay? This guy is a dad. Don't you worry. This guy's a dad. He just <laughs>
0: <laughs> my attention was divided and uh and, but I was watching the red zone and able to follow along as the NFC West kind of fell apart on the on the one week that we had off, which was nice. So, um I'm looking forward to um getting caught up in football this week and looking forward to seeing all of the the college games that I'm able to catch. And, and I just can't wait to see how the NFL season kind of shapes up. There's so many storylines and it's one of the more exciting football seasons with not a whole lot of certainties. I mean, maybe if you're an Eagles fan, you feel like that's a certainty, but I had that same feeling three weeks ago as a 49er fan. So, you know, it's that feeling can be taken away in a heartbeat. <laughs> definitely over a three-week period it could be
1: taken away right and there's still a lot of teams that are alive in the playoff hunt and that's the crazy part and the weirdest part is saying even the raiders are still alive in the playoff hunt
0: yeah that's the funny thing about their whole overhaul is they you know i think i mentioned it last time we talked is you know if they would have done the overhaul a day or two earlier and able maybe able to make some trades and you know, grant some people some, you know, some of their wishes, or maybe that was part of the whole thing. Maybe they, they part of the reason they didn't do any trades is because they knew they were going to be able to pacify those players and give them the leadership that they were actually looking for. Cause I'm assuming that Devonte's a lot happier this week than he's been all season long. So, and I think that's probably a, a very important thing to, in that Raiders locker room. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. I look forward to seeing what, what the what the rest of the season has in store for us. Um, I definitely would like to see the 49ers get it together. I don't like the feeling of they're looking worse each week, and I don't like the feeling of there being all of a sudden these vulnerabilities that I didn't know existed, and that that's a, a tough place to be when you kind of started out the season believing that you very possibly could see your team go undefeated, you know?
1: Welcome to being a Colts fan in the 2010s. Yeah.
0: The Andrew Luck. Yeah, with
1: Andrew Luck.
0: Yeah. Such a great quarterback.
1: Well, I actually got a couple of things to say. I just want to say thank you all of you listeners of listening to this professional podcast of Coffin Corners. And also I got a couple of things to say. I have a conspiracy theory. Uh, they're purposely having Georgia and Ohio State apart till something else happens because they recognize last, you know, with last season when they played each other in the college football playoffs in my final game, everyone was saying to themselves, why was this not the national championship game? So they kept that in mind and they're keeping those teams apart from each other so that way they could find a way to save them. If they, if they both end up going undefeated, don't be surprised if they end up facing each other. And remember, folks, if you ever have a bad day or feel that the world is against you, just be thankful that you didn't have a whole entire musical dedicated on you. That the only possible way that you could either beat the Yankees or win the World Series was deal, was making a deal with Lucifer himself that is known as Damn Yankees. We have an email that you can send to. Yes, you can go if you have any suggestions for topics or you know a guest or you know yourself would be a great guest and would like to call in. You can contact pod at gmail.com. And I, I hate to break it to you, Tom, but we're, but we're not the only Coffin Corners podcast out there. So we couldn't go with Coffin Corners podcast or just Coffin Corners. So we're the Coffin Corners pod. And if you're wondering which one are you guys, well, we're the one that actually has a coffin in the logo. And remember, we are the Profasual podcast.
0: Yeah, we're also the podcast that's been putting up podcasts in the last two years. I don't think I think the other ones have been inactive for a little while, if I remember right. I could be wrong, right when I looked it up. Um, the RSS feed was available, but then um, I saw that there was some other ones. Same thing with the walkout. There's a couple other, the walkouts, but they're they're all old, so I might be having those mixed up too. But that's right. All you have to do is look for our names, Big Tom McLean and Nathan Sprague, and you're going to find us there And the Coffin Corners podcast. And um, we really appreciate everybody who's listening, and be sure to send in those emails. And Nathan's the one who's going to be screening the emails so they'll actually make their way to the show. If I was screening them, they would never make their way to the show because I would forget. You would say, did we get any emails? And I would say, oh, we might have. <laughs> Let me look. <laughs> so I'd look forward to seeing what people have to say. Look forward to seeing who's listening to the show.
1: Also, make sure to rate, follow, tell People out there, because this is a lot better to listening to this than the GOP debate. Sorry, I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Damn, but you got that right. Yeah, listen to a rerun of Us before listening to that. That's true. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. As my buddy just said, be sure to like, subscribe, tell all your friends, leave some comments. And, yeah, it's uh, it helps a lot. And it helps us stay motivated to keep doing shows. And it helps the people uh, over at the podcasting networks to know that people are actually listening to our show. So we know that people are listening. We can see that people are listening. So be sure to like, subscribe, and let everybody know. And that being said, anything else that you need to get out before we head out of here? I just want
1: to tell everybody so long until next time.
0: All right. Great show as always, my friend. On behalf of my co-host, Nathan, I'm Big Tom, and we're out of here.